Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Years ago, many years ago, back in 1999, we were faced a real crisis in ministry. There are many, I mean, if you're going to, I want to tell you this because if you're going to advance the kingdom of God, I don't care what church you are, if you're going to advance the kingdom of God, there's going to be warfare for that purpose. And uh, not to give the devil any credit, it's just that that is what his purpose is, is to drive us <clears throat> down, you know, break us so that we, we uh, give up on God. But anyway, I um, went through a major crisis, and, and uh, uh, so um, there was a special meeting. Uh, uh, say special meeting. special meeting. Yeah, that's what's going to be Tuesday night. So there's a special meeting down in Sioux City. And um, I, because of the, the emotional trauma that I was going through, when I'm suffering, I want to isolate myself and not be around anybody. And so we got a call, call and pastor inviting us down there. And um, I didn't want to go. And uh, I mean, really did not want to go. And, uh, and yet um, my precious wife influenced me to go. And so we went. And we went by faith. And while we were there, there was a woman down there. We've had her in our church a couple times, maybe at least twice. We've had Mary Frances Valaro. Yeah. And she's a, she's a prophetess and um, lives down south, maybe, I'm not sure, Georgia or somewhere like that. So never heard her before, never knew who she was, never heard her or anything. So we went down there, and there was probably 600 people there. We were sitting... We were sitting in the center uh, of the congregation way towards, towards the back. Uh, no, we weren't towards the back. We were kind of towards the front because they had a, a section there for ministers. And uh, she didn't know who we were. We didn't know who she was. And, but in the middle of her sharing, she was just flowing by the Spirit. She points to us and calls us up and asks us to stand. This year is it going to be very crucial that you come to every service so that you don't miss the exact time that God is speaking to you regarding whatever you need in your life. It's so crucial. Just like I shared with Ananias, and, excuse me, Simeon and Anna, who were at the temple when Jesus, they brought Jesus to be dedicated they were there that day. Say that day. Okay. If they would have came the next week, they would have missed it. They spent their entire lives looking for the coming king. And because they were led by the Spirit and dedicated to the house of God, the Bible says that Anna served God night and day and never left the temple. That, and of course, she was a prophetess. And that she, they were there at the right place at the right time for the right word. Come on. Don't you want to be at the right place at the right time for the right word coming up? So I was standing there, and she literally had no idea who we were, not, nothing. She didn't, obviously, she might be thought that we were pastors because we were sitting in that section, but we could have been evangelists, traveling ministries. And she literally had to stand, and she prophesied word for word everything that we were dealing with in ministry. And she said, at the end of the prophecy, that everything was going to be okay. 
However, and that was wonderful, but it didn't change me at that. I mean, I didn't jump up and dance around the, no, I was weighed down heavy with this, this attack. And um, so, you know, that was good. However, we had to walk that out. We had to maintain our faithfulness to God. And it was hard. It was very, very hard to go through. How many have been through some hard times in your life? But I just want you always to remember, God is not your problem. He's your promise. God is never the one who forsakes us, disappoints us, lets us down. Never, ever, ever. Never. Man will, but not God. I let people down, but God will never let you down. Come on, everyone. So when you come on Tuesday night, you come with expectancy. You come with worship and praise and reverence to the God and humility and hunger. And as we do that corporately as one body, God will begin to move and speak to us, not only corporately, but speak to people individually. Come on. So how many will come like that with that kind of attitude? Fasting and seeking God, and you won't be disappointed. Amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Philippians. That was for free. Philippians. Philippians, this morning, the third chapter. The Apostle Paul writing his letter to the church at Philippi. Amen. We'll read a scripture in a moment. Of course, everyone knows now that the end of this year has come. And we're about to enter into a new year. Say a new year. year. Amen. And of course, while many will be entering the new year with with faith and hope and expectation, there are others who are going to enter this new year uh, uh, with ongoing physical challenges, ongoing emotional challenges, ongoing relational challenges, ongoing financial challenges, and, and, and uh, not even mentioning the ongoing spiritual warfare that comes against every one of us as we endeavor to advance the will of God on the earth. Say, I'm not afraid of the devil. Afraid of Amen. No, you don't have to be. I'm just simply saying all this stuff is there even when we're coming into a new year. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Every new year we make New Year's resolutions, uh, wanting, of course, to see changes for the better in our lives. And, um, and, And yet I was reminded when I thought of that of what Jesus said in John, the 15th chapter, verse 4. He says, without me... You can do nothing. And I added this, without my presence, without my love, without my faith, and without your life being completely dedicated to me, you can do nothing. I constantly say this, and I, 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 but I tell people this everywhere I go. Uh, I, I just said it um, to um, uh, Vic and I went yesterday. Yes, uh, I had a pedicure. <laughs> and I, because Vic, Vic and I were sitting beside each other having a pedicure, you know. And I asked the lady, I said, have you ever seen such beautiful feet? Because the Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good tidings. Okay. And, amen. But I was sharing to the young lady that, that I, I told her that she said she had just started going to church uh, about six months ago. And she saw a big difference in her life. Because she, she was going through a tough divorce, had three beautiful children. And I, and I told her, I said, you know, I just want you to know, because I got that from John 15, 4. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Or the best thing you can do without a Christ-centered life is fail. I used to say, I, I used to say without God, the best you can do without God. But I, I changed it to without a Christ-centered life, you're going to fail. That's the best you can do. So if you can recognize that early in your life and make that transition in your heart, praise God. 
He will, he will do more in your life in five days that you can do in a lifetime. Can I have an amen? When you submit your life to him. Hallelujah. So we leave 2019 in faith. And my prayer is that as Christ's body, every one of us will remain united in love and united in faith so that we can have a glorious and supernatural 2020. If you agree, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. As the world keeps growing darker, we as the body of Christ must keep growing brighter and brighter. And to accomplish this, there's some things that we must do. And I will share two of those things this morning with you. Things that we must do to prepare ourselves for 2020. Amen. I'm believing 2020 is going to be a good year, but what does that even mean? Does that mean that, I mean, what does that mean? Uh, well, it's, it better mean that first and foremost, your number one priority is your relationship with the Lord. That should be your first and number one priority. Amen. So there's going to be a couple of things required of us to equip us for this coming year. Number one, we must be willing to forget those things which are behind. And Apostle Paul talks about this here, which we'll read in a moment. And, and uh, let go and let God. There's things that you cannot control. There's things that happen out of your control that what do you do when they happen? You have to keep trusting God. You can't, there's nothing in the past. There's no faith in the past. You can't be holding on to things of the past and expect God to bless your future. If you agree, again, say amen to that. The, you have to forget about the things that brought disappointment, setbacks, adversities, hardships, losses. And to do that, faith on your part will be required. Remember, I told you that. A guy um, years ago uh, filed bankruptcy on us and uh, left me with 13000 worth of his debt and I had to pay it off. But my point is that God really spoke to me and said, you, you must forgive him. Now, I didn't have to. I didn't have to. But guess what? He would have went on and life for him would have been just fine. But life for me would not have been fine because I didn't obey God. So I forgave him. And God provided. He blessed us and provided the need. And all is well. Say all is well. All Amen. So... So that is required that you must be willing to forgive those things, or forget those things which are behind. Habakkuk and Paul penned the same words. They said the just shall live by faith. The Amplified says the just shall live by faith and in his faithfulness. Think about that for a moment. The just shall live by faith and in his faithfulness. Whose faithfulness? The just. The just shall live by his faith, and in his faithfulness. That's where you live. You live in your faithfulness. Hallelujah. And if you're not faithful to God, like is what God requires from his word, then you will not be in the faith that you think you're in. But the just shall live by faith. Everyone here this morning is just if Christ is in your life. So you're required to live by faith. And you can't be holding on to the past and expect your faith to work. Because faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things yet not seen. So look at Philippians 3, verse 13. It says this. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He's, that word actually means seized, uh, to seize the prize. I, I, I count not myself to have received the prize. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth. Or stretching, as that word means. Unto those eternal things which are before. So I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The Living Bible says, No, dear brothers, brothers, I still 
I am still not all that I should be, but I'm bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Amen. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. You know, I think about some of the men in the Bible, David, who was chased by, you know, King Saul, King Saul who was demon-possessed for 13 years. I think about Joseph and all the sufferings that he had to go through for 13 years to get to where God uh, wanted to be. From both of them, faith was required. You know, we, we were singing that song. It reminded me of Psalms 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Amen. That's what David said. David was trusting God every day of his life that God was going to take care of him. And when you read some of the Psalms, you see there were days where David just was, I mean, he was just in emotionally desperate. I mean, he was just so frustrated. You know, why are my enemies trying to kill me? I mean, he was just, he was overwhelmed. But he always came back to trusting God. How many have days like that? Yeah. You have to come back. You're going to put your trust in God. Hallelujah. But you can't be trusting God and holding on to the past. Uh, whether th people have done things to you or circumstances have, um, have uh, made life tough for you. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead is the one thing Paul said that you must do. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but does anybody know where Paul was when he wrote this letter? He was in prison. He was in prison. Can you imagine being imprisoned for simply preaching the good news of Jesus Christ? Being imprisoned simply for encouraging believers to walk out God's word. Being in prison simply for loving people and helping them. That's what Paul was in prison for. And it wasn't just any prison. The Bible says that he was in the prison at Rome. And history says that the sewers of Rome ran right under the street, uh, under, under the floors to where that prison was. So it was a cold a very damp, nasty, smelling uh, prison that, that was Paul was in. It, just such horrific environment. And yet, in all this, praise God, he never gave up on God. He didn't hold on to all the things that we can hold on to that keep us from God's best. He just believed God, loved God, trusted God, even in that circumstance. Can I have an Amen. We know from the scriptures that the Apostle Paul uh, spent at least two years in that prison. Meaning what? Well, everybody, all the, let's think about this. All the wonderful Christians that he had led, all the sinners that he had led to the Lord. All the people whose lives were changed by the gospel of Paul. Um, all, all the things that were happening in other people's lives. While they're enjoying the celebrations of a new year, he's in that situation. He's, he's, he's in a place where he was never deserved to be in. He was in a place that wasn't there by his own fault. He was simply trying to obey God and look where he was. And yet Paul simply said, hey, there's one thing, one thing that I've learned to do, even in these circumstances, is to forget those things which are behind. Paul says, and reach forth for those eternal things which are ahead. Amen. So that's what I want you to do in 2020. I want you to let go of all the things that you went through. Listen, there are seasons, and I'll read from the scriptures here. There are seasons in your life. It may, it, it, it may never come in one year. But I've been serving God now for almost um, uh, 40 years. And um, there are seasons. Uh, there are seasons in your life where things are wonderful. 
And then there are seasons where things seem to be falling apart. But what do you do in those seasons? You've got to trust God. You have to stand on his word. You have to hold on to him because he's the only answer. When people, when people, you talk to people and you tell them what you're going through, they can be empathetic, but they can't help you. Only God can. Can I have an amen? Only God can. Hmm. At least two years he was in that prison. So his perspective on life could have been filled with hopelessness, despair, and disappointment. And I, I like this. In fact, he refused to allow the external sufferings of his life to overshadow his love and commitment to God. Nor did he allow his personal sufferings to have a negative effect on believers in Philippi. He lived a very selfless, godlike life. The New Living Translation of verse 13 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved, but I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So what was Paul expecting? What lied ahead for Paul? See, there came one point in his life where he said, I've run my race, I'm done. He told Timothy there at one point, it came to, it, he knew at one point, he woke up one morning and says, this is my last day on earth. He woke up one morning knowing that that day he was going to be beheaded. So he prepared Timothy. Make that transition. Hand it over the baton to Timothy, just like we will do one day. We'll hand that baton over to someone else who will take this ministry forward. But I, I'm believing God not only forward, but upward can I have an amen. So Paul knew that his day was arriving, that he'd be going home to be with the Lord. But what was he looking forward to? At this point in his life where he's imprisoned and shackled, he was looking forward to two things. He was looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ, but until that, the manifestations of God's spirit in the earth. That's what he was looking for. Did you know that those disciples touched all of the known world at that time, in just a few years that they were saved, that's how passionate they were for the things of God. Paul says, I press to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. The word press there means to pursue, especially in the midst of hardship and persecution. And if we're not willing to let go of the past, listen, we won't have any faith, hope, and love for the future. In Paul's letter to Timothy, he writes this. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Isn't that something? He said, my gospel. He was so confident that, of what he read or what he, what, what he penned by the leadership of the Spirit. He, he, he was so bold and confident about why. Because there were many gospels that day being preached. And he said, I want you to know that I'm the one that's carrying the true gospel. Takes a lot of humility to say that. We're confident in ministry that we provide for you the full gospel. No, I don't have the full gospel in the sense I don't know everything. But what I do know, I want to provide for you. But what I do know, I'm assured that it, it, we, have, we have lived, endeavored to live our lives within the boundaries of God's word so that I can provide for you not a distorted gospel, but a full gospel. Can I have an amen? Said so He said, Wherein I suffer trouble, as an evil, didn't say he was an evildoer, as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. The word of God is not bound. If you're going to wait until everything is perfect in your life to, to minister to people, you will never minister to them. He says, I may be in bonds, I may be shackled, but the word of God is not bound. You know, there may be certain things in your life that you're still 
uh, overcoming. You're still conquering. But that doesn't negate the fact that you have a, an effective witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Because he loves you and he wants to work through you. And there's so many people out there that are shackled by things and will never know the goodness of God unless you tell them. It's true. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul, writing to the letter to the Corinth believers, he says, For our light affliction is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That's God's word. For the things which are seen, the things all around us that we see with our natural eye, is temporal. You know what that word temporal means? I thought it was interesting. It means temporary, but there's a better word. It means seasonal. It means seasonal. Isn't that interesting? So whatever you're going through, praise God. Trust God because it's only a season, and seasons come and seasons go. Can I have an amen? It's true. So it's exactly what he was talking about there. Things which are seen are seasonal, but the things which are not seen are eternal and everlasting. Amen. Make this confession out loud. What I am facing right now is temporary. It's seasonal and subject to change. Therefore, I will walk by faith until it changes. I will be faithful to God and to his word until it changes. And I will be faithful to his house until it changes. Give him praise. Amen. That's exactly what life is about. I'm sorry. We can only live so long in self-pity. And I'm so glad that Paul was not a person of self-pity because he had a, some good reasons for that. What a man of God. Paul continues. Now I want, I'm going to read the first part of this and then I want you to read the second part. Would you put that scripture up in Corinthians, uh, the living Bible? Now, all right, I'm going to read the first part and then you're going to read the second part. Everybody, okay, now let me read this. We are pressed on every side by troubles. Come on, you guys can do better. You got to fill the atmosphere with your faith. Let's say, we are pressed on every side by troubles. Ooh, I felt that. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do. Man, this is beautiful. You should be standing up here. That just sounds beautiful. We are hunted down. We get knocked down. <laughs> That's so good. I'm sorry. I can feel it. And I'm serious. I can feel that. That's the power of, of, of unity. These bodies of ours are constantly facing death just as Jesus did. So it is clear to all that it's only the living Christ within who keeps us safe. You catch that? Yes, we live under constant danger to our lives because we serve. Why? Because we serve the Lord. Why? Because we serve the Lord. Not because we do everything wrong. I told you time and time again, the devil attacks you only, he attacks you in two ways in your life, when you're doing right and when you're doing wrong. But when you're doing right, God gives you the grace to get through it. Good. Hallelujah. But this gives us constant opportunities to show forth the power of Jesus Christ within our dying bodies. Because of our preaching, we face death, but it has resulted in eternal life for you. 
We boldly say what we believe, trusting God to care for us, just as the psalm writer did when he said, I believe, therefore I speak. What does that even mean? I believe the word of God. I believe that no matter what I'm going through, God is my deliverer. God is my healer. God is my strength. God is my helper. Come on. So because I believe, I speak it out. Why? To let other people know. To let other people know. See, the, the United States, right now, the economy for the United States is strong. And I'm grateful for that. Oh, well, thank you. I'm the only one. How many are grateful that we have a strong economy? That does not, that does not weaken my relationship with the Lord. It doesn't. But, what I'm, but I'm grateful for that, that it is strong. And I thought to myself, okay, if the economy is strong, does that mean the sinner will not come to Christ, you know, because the economy is strong? No. Let's believe this way. You can indulge in everything that this world provides, but even in that indulgence, it cannot, cannot satisfy the inner void where God's spirit is supposed to live. Can't. So I'm believing that even though the economy is, I'm believing, first of all, the economy is good. Why? It's for our benefit. It's not for the sinner's benefit. It's for our benefit. Did you hear me? But on the same time, the sinner's also going to realize that no matter how many new things that he has, he still will not be satisfied until Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning in his life. Amen. And that's where we will come in and share with him. I really want 2020 to be a year of the harvest. It was very interesting that Jesus, when he, you know, when he, when he talked about uh, the seasons, remember he says, um, he, he said in the book of John that uh, look around you, the fields are white under harvest. When he said that, he was not talking about a season. He wasn't talking about a season. He was simply saying, hey, look around you. There is, there is an opportunity, an unending opportunity for people to come to Christ. God just needs laborers. And I hope that God will stir us up like he did the book of, church of the book of Acts, where they had such boldness they couldn't shut their mouths. Every one of you kids work around people that need Christ. Every one of you do. But how many of those people even know that Christ is in your life? I'm not trying to be condescending. I'm just simply asking. How many of those people know that you have a relationship with this loving Savior? And like Paul says, how will they know except somebody tell them? Can I have an amen? amen? Let's go on. I'll finish this. Because of our preaching, we face death, but it has resulted in eternal life for you. I read that. We boldly say what we believe, trusting God to care for us, just as the writer Selma said, I believe and therefore I speak. The New Living Translation says, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. 
Can you say, thank you, Lord? He's simply saying, and they are. Whether we like it or not, I don't care how many tucks and lifts you get, these bodies are going to go back to the ground, except for the rapture. Do you understand? So that's what Paul saying. Though our outward man is dying, the inward man is being renewed day by day or every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. If you read what Paul went through, his troubles were, were not small. They were huge. They were monstrous. They were massive, the troubles he went through. But he would never give the devil credit even for that. He called him small. They won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that we cannot see, which is God's word. For the things we now see will soon be gone, but the things of God, the eternal things of God we cannot see, will last forever. And though Paul was in prison, he never allowed the prison to get in him. And when you're going through adversities in your life, don't let those adversities get in you and dishearten you from your walk with God. Amen. That's right. Book of Revelation, those churches of Revelation, the Bible says, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen. I said amen. So we need to forget those things that are behind. Number two, this is the final one here. We must choose whether or not we're going to value the eternal things above the temporal things. We have to choose. Remember the rich man, the parable of the sower? He, he, he could not choose God's way because he valued, the, he valued the temporal above the eternal. How can you do that? But we do it every day. I don't know what, I mean. See, I lived in the era of CB radios. Breaker one night. Yeah, go ahead, Breaker. Yeah, what's your 20? Most of you didn't understand a word I said. I was talking truck lingo. But I remember this CB. And it was such a blessing because when I traveled at nighttime, I could talk to other truckers and stay awake. Now we're, we are so tied to our phones that... I mean, it would take a miracle to get them from our clenching hand. We're so busy, so obsessed 24 hours a day with the temporal that how in the world can God get our attention regarding the eternal? We have to make some choices. But we have to choose. What is more valuable in your life, the temporal or the eternal? And it, will be, and it will be proven by your actions, by your works. Jesus said, you'll know them. Or James said that. Hmm. So we have to choose. What are we going to value mostly, the temporal or the eternal? And in 2019, there's, there's quite a few families at Faith Family Church that failed that test. Failed that test. But it's not only Faith Family Church. Pat talked to Dr. Barclay. Pastors around the nation are saying that uh, a lot of Christians today, even Christians my age, Christians that should know better, are, are going to church once or twice a month, and in their minds they're faithful to God. 
And if you study uh, church history, of course, if you study the you study all you know, you study the Old Testament and you study the life and ministry of Jesus, Jesus spent Jesus would have if Jesus could have lived on to be old, he would have never he would have never um, discredited the house of God because he was at he was at he was in the house of God every day every Sabbath until they drove him out. That's how much he. He valued that. He knew that that is where the presence of God was and that is where the power of God was. Can I have an amen? No, it's not in a building, but it is in a corporate setting. And we all need that. Because again, 2020 is going to bring all sorts of things, good things and not so good things. So we need to be prepared for both, especially on the inside. In Matthew 6, Jesus assured his disciples in the very beginning of his ministry that he, would be, that, that he would take responsibility for their lives. And before I read that, I want to say there were seven churches in Revelation that received letters from John and the body of Christ in Ephesus over time. Listen, they lost their first love. And Christians are losing their first love. Not here, but if you have, repent and get back close to God. And then the church of Laodicea, the Bible says they had turned lukewarm inwardly to the point where God said, I would rather have you cold, completely cut off from me so that I can get your attention or have you hot and passionate for me so you're in the center of my will. But because you're lukewarm, he says, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. He's talking to the born again, spirit filled church at Laodicea. So let's not be so self-righteous that we don't think that these are the things that we're dealing with today because I believe, I believe the, these letters were written for the last days to let us know that these would be specific challenges that we would be faced with just because of the days we live in. Jesus said in Matthew, Mark, uh, Mark's gospel, uh, about the parable of the soul, he says, there would be come a time there'd be so much distraction of the age so much distraction of the age that it would literally choke the word of God that is preached to God's people. So you have to avoid those things. Can I have an amen to that? Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now remember, these were, business, these were successful businessmen that he was addressing. Right early on in ministry. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what you choose, listen, what you choose to value externally by your lifestyle is what you'll end up valuing internally. It goes on. He says, if your eye or your spiritual perception is pure, there will be sunshine in your soul. But if your eye, your spiritual perception is clouded with evil thoughts and desires, you are in deep spiritual darkness. And oh, how deep that darkness can be. And then Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. For either you hate the one or love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, do not worry. Don't worry. God's going to take care of you. Don't worry about the temporal. He's got that. He's already got that control. Just focus on the eternal. Commit to the eternal. 
Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your natural life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or what you're going to wear. I mean, that's all we talk about. And what you're going to put on is not life more than food. Of course it is. And the body more than clothing. Yeah, these bodies are called. God gave us these bodies for one purpose. It's to carry out his will to the world. Look at or set your attention on the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not more valuable than they? Answer the question. Are you more valuable than they? Of course you are. And I love this part. Uh, he says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider, that word means note carefully the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So God wants you to look nice. Vicky bought me this suit. Yesterday it was on sale. And she got, she bought, we grabbed the wrong size of pants. So I sucked everything in to get these pants on God, God wants you to look nice. God wants you to look nice. Can I have an amen? He really does. But he goes on and says, but what, what's the most important? Or let me read, this is important. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? He was don't. He was telling disciples, don't worry about your lives. I'm going to take good care of you. Now, therefore, do not worry, saying, do not worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles or the sinners seek for, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Come shout hallelujah. It's a promise from God. The Amplified seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. I wrote this down. Write this down in your Bible if you want. Jesus wills for you to have a blessed 2020, but not at the expense of his will. Did you hear that? Not at the expense of his will. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know what's going to happen? If you do that, he will equip you for whatever comes in 2020. If you think 2020 was tough, I mean 2019 was tough with all of the negativity, all the attacks on America's liberty, you ain't seen nothing yet in 2020 comes. That's why we need to be praying for America. See, I pray for America not, not because... You know, for, uh, for just simply for this reason, for my kids and my grandkids. Did you know that almost, did you know that there's no nation that's ever survived 200 years? And we're past that now? And except, again, the heart of the nation returns to God, our nation's in trouble. However, if the remnant of God's people will pray and consecrate their hearts and lives... To, to God and his will, his love will be transferred and his goodness will be transferred to our kids and our grandkids. Somebody's going to have to stop and make the sacrifices. Somebody is going to have to stop and set aside all the things that distract you from becoming stronger in your walk with God. Musicians, you can come up. I'm closing. You know, Jesus said this. 
he, he, always taught, he always taught in parables. And listen to this. One of the parables, he, a master, this, this is talking about Jesus, he gave, he gave talents to his servants. He gave one five talents. And, and the talents were, in this story, was what? What was the talents? Anybody tell me? Thank you. It was money. <clears throat> so he gave one five talents. He gave one two talents. And he gave one one talent. Now, listen now. The master left and he returned. How many believe that Jesus is coming back? So, and of course, you know, people mock. People make fun of that, you know, because, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, probably not in our lifetime. But what if it is? Five, two, and one talents. The one that had five talents went out and he doubled the man's investment. The man with two talents went out and doubled the man's investment. And both of them, the master said, oh, enter into the joy of the Lord. Because you've been faithful, one translation says, because you've been responsible over little, I'm going to make you responsible over much. But with the one, the Bible says that he hid his talent in the earth. He got so distracted with life in general. He, the first, the priority of his life was everything temporal. And became so distracted by life that he did not do anything with his talent for the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that that master cast that one into eternal darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm only saying that story for this reason, that God has given all of us talents and we need to use them for his glory and honor. Can I have an amen? We need to use them for his glory and honor. We literally, constantly, come, this coming year, we need help in the ministry. And, and some people think that God must be, I mean, he, he must be blown away because I serve once every two months in children's ministry. He, he must be, I mean, he just must be blown. I mean, he must just think this is just, it's amazing what we consecrate and dedicate every day to the natural and completely devalue the eternal. But every one of us in here today have talents. Every one of us have talents. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about specific talents to use. Amen. Amen. I had no idea, neither did Angie, know that Matthew had a talent to lead a choir. Wow. I'm sure glad that you acquired that. No, excuse me. It was beautiful. You did a great job. Never known that. Many of you have, you're gifted at teaching. You're gifted in uh, instructing children. You could be involved. In, we should have a lineup down at down here in the hallway, people wanting to get in and serve. Just do something. We need help with open door ministries outside. We need help with greeters and ushers. We should, I mean, we just said, and, and I'm telling you, we got to pull teeth to, you know, and it shouldn't be that way. We should, you should just be so zealous and want so much to be part of anything involving growing the, and adding strength to the local church. Can I have an amen? Because it's for God's glory. So I just wanted to say to all of you that 
you're going to be tested on Tuesday night. Of course, I know. I'm old enough. I'm not stupid. I'm old enough to realize that there are specific sometimes. I mean, you absolutely, you've got a, you've got a job where you've got to work in the evening. But most of you, 99% of you, will be, have a test for Tuesday night. The test will be where your treasure is. Seriously, it'll be where your treasure is. Well, yeah, but pastor, we've already planned something. Oh, okay. Again, there again, there's the test. There's the test. You plan for something. Let's make some adjustments. And let's come and be part of something corporate, something supernatural. So God can add blessing. Okay, maybe you don't need anything. But there's others around you that do. So don't be selfish, but be selfless like Paul was. Can I have an amen? Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. We also have our midweek service every week on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.